Hi everyone, Fraser here. It's time for another interview with someone on the Universe Today team. And today I've got Matt Williams. I've known Matt for many years. He actually comes from my city, so we knew each other personally. He was in the same Taekwondo club as my daughter. And getting to know him, realized that he was a very prolific science fiction writer, and he wanted to get into some nonfiction stuff as well. I've never met anybody who writes as much as Matt does, like in addition to writing all of the articles that he's writing for Universe Today. And if you look back into the archives, you'll see he writes many articles every week, sometimes a couple a day, and they're very long articles. And at the same time, he has written a dozen books, science fiction books that you can get your hands on. He does a lot of thinking about like futurism, terraforming, the future of humanity in space. He tends to gravitate towards the SpaceX mission updates, the 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 kind of really cool speculative ideas about the future of humanity in space. So again, it was a fun conversation. We talked about his writing techniques, his methods, what kinds of stories he goes after and how he blends together being a science fiction author with being a science journalist. I hope you enjoy the interview. Once again, I'm joined by another of the Universe Today team, and this time it's Matt Williams. Hey, Matt, how's it going? Uh, good. How are you? Good, good, man. So you are another of the long serving uh, members of the Universe Today team. Do you remember how long you've been working with us? Uh, yeah, um, uh, it was the fall of 2014. Um, although, although I did do some work uh, as early as 2010. Um, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, short little pieces. That's right. You worked on the Guide to Space for us, a bunch of like piecemeal articles back in 2010. And then you kind of came back around and did more news with us starting back in, in 2014. So mm -hmm. like eight years. Yeah. Wow. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you're, and you're another Canadian. Where are you located? Yes. Uh, well, my wife and I, we live in Esquimalt, which is uh, a borough of Victoria. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, right on the southern tip of Vancouver Island. And you used to train my daughter Taekwondo. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. It feels like a, oh, that, that was a few generations, a few schools ago. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Well, she's, you know, she's 20 now. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> you know, like I announced her birth in the uh, in, in on the website back in, in 2001. And so now here we are and she's, you know, got her own apartment and going to university. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, but, but yeah. So I think you and Evan are the only people on the team who I guess Chad as well, actually. So you, Chad and Evan are the ones who I knew personally and, and be able to give you, write, give you some writing gigs, but so you, it's weird because I was looking for writers and, um, my ex-wife at the time recommended you as a, as a writer. And, and it hadn't even occurred to me that you were writing, but actually you're like, a you had been writing a ton by the time even you started working with, with universe today, more in fiction, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. All, all of it was, uh, well, largely unpublished or independently published, uh, 
so yeah, I, I was an aspiring writer basically. And, uh, and yeah, and, uh, on call teacher. So, yeah. And like how many novels have you written at this point? Oh my, um, well, let's see. Uh, uh, there are the three uh, that have been published. Um, there were many other titles that are self-published and uh, in in varying states of uh, availability. But um, I'd say at least I'd say about a dozen. Yeah, about twelve different things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So you've got about twelve different science fiction novels that you have published. Three with a with uh, a publisher. Yeah, and in the another. UK. And then another nine that you've self-published through Amazon Direct, things like that. Yes. Or available online. Yes. Uh, what's what? What are the names of the three that you did? Uh, the ones that are published in the in the UK. Well, I, I definitely uh, I want to make it clear for all the listeners: these were all directly inspired by my work at Universe Today. I can, <laughs> I can, I, yeah. I, I, let, you know, uh, let, let me uh, circle back to uh, the, the story of how that first happened. But the, the titles are uh, The Cronian Incident, The Jovian Manifesto, and The Frost Lion Fracture. And all those titles refer to uh, places in the solar system where the events are happening. So Cronian refers to uh, around Saturn, Jovian around Jupiter, and the Frost Lion is, uh, is the asteroid belt. Right in between, in between Mars and and Jupiter. That's uh, that's amazing. And so you had now when you say inspired, like like some of the just the stories you were working on gave you ideas for books. Well, yeah, um, because uh, I remember around about 2012, 2013, uh, I, I was looking to sort of um, relaunch myself as a writer because I wasn't really that proud of anything I'd written thus far. It was like they were. It was for fun or whatever, but I, I wanted I wanted a serious project. So I was really trying to figure out what is what needs to be said in the world of science fiction today. And uh, space, of course, is is an absolutely and increasingly relevant issue in in you know humanity's future. So I was sort of tinkering around with that, and um, then it was 2015 when I started doing the uh, editing the guide to space or curating the guide to space. I had just done a sort of a tour of the solar system. I was uh, editing all our articles on the planets and I just finished the one on Mercury. And I, I, I was thinking, it's like, well, Mercury's orbit is very, very interesting. And it does, it would allow for uh, colonization of sorts. And I was talking to a friend about it and we were sort of discussing, yeah, the, the, the neat orbital mechanics and how if you just stay on the 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 shaded side of the planet you'll be safe um and so the habitats have to be mobile and then we got into uh, uh talking about well why would anyone go to mercury because it's like sure there's all kinds of energy there and tons of minerals but you could probably get those somewhere else uh safer and so I thought, well, you know, it'd still be very useful. So send send convict laborers there. And then suddenly it was just like, you know, the light went on above my head. And I thought, oh, my God, that's a story. And uh, yeah. And, and I thought, well, you know, I don't just want to talk about Mercury. Let's talk about the entire solar system and what human colonization will look like, what the push-pull factors are going to be. And how they're going to live when they get there, because every place requires its own um, set of strategies. 
And that that became my obsession. <laughs> that uh, yeah, I, I started writing that book, and after uh, talking to people on Facebook, uh, you know, the, these various writer uh, writers groups about the idea, because I, I was really, like I said, I was very, I, was, I thought this is a serious idea. I'm finally feeling that way. So I was running it by every, yeah, every science fiction head person I could. I was like, how does this sound? How does this sound? And yeah, the uh, the publisher in the UK, uh, Castrum, they got wind of that. They, they you know, they're were, they were online sort of trolling these groups looking for uh, people. Um, that's apparently how, how they do these days, you know, they'll, they'll, uh, when they're looking for new writers and yeah, he, he looked me up and said, so yeah, you, you write for an actual uh, science website and this is what you're working on. We should talk. And yeah, uh, the rest, yes, as of 2020, the third book was published. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrific. So, you know, you mainly cover our space our human space flight space exploration beat mm-hmm. um and so what are the kinds of stories that you are most interested in which are the ones that attract you oh god um definitely ones that have to do with uh future exploration of uh just anywhere in the solar system like how do we send people to these places and how can they stay there and so right now there's there's a lot of that um, happening with uh, both the moon and Mars. This the the uh, the whole exploration mission architecture of uh, let's go back to the moon to stay, and then go from there to Mars. And uh, yeah, while we're at it, um, let's uh, let's go investigate the clouds of Venus there with you know regular a regular human presence up in the clouds. And uh, yeah, it just Okay, and from there, where else can we go? Anywhere, if, if we, you know, have the money and the, the propulsion. Yeah. How how has reporting on space exploration, on the realities of space exploration, changed your perspective as someone who's quite excited about the future of human space exploration? Because it is definitely dulled mine. Really? I have become more of a realist over time and less of a wide-eyed optimist about about humans presence across the solar system over time that yeah that is a good question and and yeah i definitely felt some of that too um it's that um I, i've started to think that uh well the more you know about it the less uh, the, the less optimistic <laughs> you you may feel uh, I, I still I, I try to maintain an optimistic attitude but um yeah, I, I, it's no longer the stuff of, uh, I guess that's kind of the point. It's no longer the stuff of dreams. It's now the stuff of planning. And yes, planning is dull <laughs> or it can, it can be. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Like, like instead of it being something from, from like Star Trek where people are just on their warp drive, you know, it's, it's boats. They're, they're, what it really is, is, you know, it's boat travel and you're just, you're getting off at a various, what are planets in Star Trek are actually islands and, and it's all very much a nautical fantasy. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the realities are that, in fact, you have to carry propellant. And the propellant, you, you burn through your propellant in an va- incredibly short period of time. And then you have no way to, you know, like, like all of these things are just going to be are so complicated and so far off into the future. And yet I think because we're seeing things like, like SpaceX 
that are they're making practical steps to bring the cost down now we're starting to become face to face with the monumental engineering challenges which is starting to bring in that realism inject that realism as you're now now everything's becoming engineering challenges oh yeah and uh also to hear um definitely one of the other things you know being in science communication or hearing what people have to say about this is is often discouraging too because it it, it can seem so bright-eyed and and cool when talking to the people involved the researchers the academics the engineers yeah public perception though it's like oh you 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 folks really are cynical aren't you <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah yeah and i think it i think it is really important not to become cynical at the same time like we want to be you know we thrive on the cutting edge of humans sort of exploration into space and those are the stories that we want to tell and then at the same time i feel like we're also trying to manage people's expectations about how quickly this stuff is going to happen how difficult it's going to be and how expensive it's going to be and how you have to be kind of politically engaged to help see the stuff through multiple administrations multiple countries etc cetera, etc cetera. now you are also the guy who writes the long articles on universe today <laughs> yeah yeah how how did why well <laughs> yeah how did that happen uh well a, a lot of that does have to do with uh the guide to space where Mm-hmm. That that was just that was just the nature of it, right? If you want to uh, you know, tell a detailed account of something, then yes. Um, but yeah, there were a lot of uh, there's been a lot of cases where interviewing people or talking about some major new developments. Yeah, I just found it was impossible to be um, brief. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'd say that's yeah. I'd say that's my uh, just my obsessive nature. There, it's like. Um, you got to detail this stuff. You got to sound like, you know what you're talking about here. So, you know, include this, include this, include this. And then of course, yeah, it's at the end. It's like, I may have said too much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I think it's, I think it's fine. Um, You know, as your editor, um, I think it's, I think it's great. And I think like, you know, you're, you recently did an, uh, a piece on Sunny White and, and their new company, oh, what's it called? Uh, Limitless Space. Limitless Space. And and uh, to be fair, I was fairly skeptical going into this. And you're like, okay, I've got this interview, this profile I'm going to do with Sunny White about Limitless Space. And I'm like, oh, I don't know. And you're like, no, 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 it'll be good. It'll be fun. It'll be very scientific. And you did it. It was great. You did a fantastic job. And I really enjoyed it. And it inspired me to interview Sunny White and then do an hour long interview with him on my YouTube channel. And, but I think that piece was like 5,000 words. Yeah. It was, uh, it was an essay or, uh, or a thesis novelette. I'm, yeah. You know, I'm confident I could go, uh, for a master's degree now and, and, and not think a thesis was that long. Um, cause yeah. Yeah. It's like 10,000 words or less. Okay. That's a weekend of writing, yeah. but, uh, fine. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it just, well, yeah, there too. It was just, there was so much we spoke for, uh, uh, I think like uh, just short of two hours on everything he has done and what he was doing and what it meant. And also trying to, cause, cause I, yeah, I, I will be, uh, 
airing some of our conversation as part of a, a, a podcast episode, just uh, where he's, you know, uh, briefing listeners on what uh, uh, what is meant by the Alcubierre metric, the Casimir effect, warp drive, and how all this stuff works. And yeah, it's just so much went into that. There was uh, a, a lot of history, a lot of physics, a lot of, uh, and yeah, trying to explain it all in a way that was accessible that probably was what we spent the most time on and i feel like i feel really proud as an organization i think for that kind of work that you know we get a chance to talk to somebody who's very influential definitely a little out there from mainstream space exploration with the organization they're looking to build but they're not making any extravagant claims at this point just you know just a they're going to be funding it. And then, you know, you were able to cover it in writing. I was able to cover it in video as well as our podcast and give it that level of, of depth. And that felt, that felt good. That felt like, okay, that is what a serious journalistic organization should do, can do. And I think that what I really appreciate about the work that you do is you bring, you do go deep when a lot of people will take the original press release and just kind of, you know, take a look through it and maybe get a few quotes and answer a few questions and add a few other pieces, you will, you will Frankenstein together five different pieces of research simultaneously. Yeah. Thank you. And well, you know, I, I owe that to you and to Nancy Atkinson, who we were just talking yesterday and uh, yes, it, it made me think, well, uh, when you first uh, brought me on and she was senior editor, you guys gave me a lot of advice and, uh, you know, there was this, this learning curve and it was like, yeah, um, don't just go by what you're reading here. Um, you, you need to mm -hmm. 360 it, right? Or, and dig dig beneath that. And that was what always what was uh, fun. And that, oh yeah, that, that, that was uh, <laughs> the first time I really got to try that out, I think, was when they, the annou they announced Proxima B. Or, or they didn't announce it. They they said the the uh, a source an yes. anonymous source has said there's a planet next yeah, door. Yeah, I and remember then, that. Yeah, that was tricky. Yeah. Yes, Paco and I did a did a deep dive on that, trying to figure out uh, well who would know who would know about this, and we were sort of skulking around. And yeah, well that that story is one I definitely want to tell well, at some point. It, we, do, we don't really have enough time. But the bottom line was, it's like, yeah, we ended up getting tacit confirmation that this story was absolutely real. Yeah. We couldn't say anything. <laughs> it's like, yeah. oh, we got to wait until they release yeah. the story. And uh, <clears throat> we couldn't. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that was uh, that that I thought was a very uh, valuable experience. So I, I just I thought, no, this from now on, anytime something like this comes up or yeah, there's just there, there's the release dig dig might, yeah yeah might yeah, take a little longer that's right yeah and it might mean that you're gonna need to make a couple of phone calls or make a send a couple of emails and talk to people who who their names aren't regularly in the press but they know the the answer to the question and yeah and it is it is interesting and i and i definitely have seen that a, a few times in the work that you do so you are by far the most prolific writer i think on the team you write well, but you also write fast, really fast. Um, uh, Thank you. Can, can I put that on my resume? I mean, yeah, he writes, <laughs> he writes well and he writes fast. 
really fast. Yeah, you can, yeah, <laughs> add that as a quote from Fraser. It would be interesting. It would be interesting to race you sometime. We could, we could do a race and uh, see who's a faster writer. Um, uh, but for me, it's just like I just had to write so much. Mm-hmm. How, how do you... How did you get so fast, but also good? Well, lots and lots of practice. I mean, um, yeah, before before you knew me, I was uh, very used to uh, just, you know, using keyboard for um, my, my personal writing, academic writing. I mean, you know, I went to university in the uh, late 90s, early 2000s. So, yeah, there was never a handwritten essay by me. I never did. <laughs> I stopped, I stopped handwriting <laughs> yeah. entirely the moment I was done school. Um, yeah, and uh, teacher's education and, uh, and, and the years that I spent teaching, yeah, there's a lot that you have to uh, write, fill out, and all that stuff. And so I, I got pretty speedy on the keyboard there. But the rest was just, of course, you know, if, you, if you're fascinated by what you're doing, if you love what you're doing, you're going to find a lot of energy to to put towards it. It's it's never going to seem dull. So that I, I'd say that that is the thing there. Just I really like what I do. So, but like if you like if you had to write something that was going to take you about a thousand words, mm-hmm. how long does that take you? A thousand words? Uh, I don't know. Maybe an hour, two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same, right? Like that's yeah. an hour, an hour. You want a thousand yeah. word article? That's an hour. Um, yeah, it, it's it and. It is kind of amazing. You know, I mentioned this in a previous episode. One of my writing mentors, this guy named Nigel Finley, he would sit down and he would like he was a professional writer and he would write his goal was 5000 words every day. And he would just and it seemed incomprehensible to me. And now it feels like, oh, yeah, 5000 words. That's no problem. So h- h- do you ever get writer's block? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. In fact, uh I, I, I'm still trying to write creatively, but I found uh, since 2000, it has been harder um, because, yeah, it's like once you start writing every day, it, it does seem like there's a, a word limit to, you know, the average brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like uh, I found, yeah, reading and writing, it doesn't really matter. You, you can produce or absorb just only so many words in a day. And then after that, it's like, well... <sighs> Yeah, but um, well, I still I still make time for the creative stuff. It's just that has to happen in its own time. Yeah. Um, the rest, yeah, the rest of the time, it's like you, I, I don't I don't experience writer's block much with um, article writing, but it it does happen. It's like I know what I want to say, I just can't figure out how to say it right now. You know, I can't recall. I mean, I remember a few times where you've been fairly busy with things, but but you're incredibly consistent. Like you just like there's a couple of stories coming out of you know out of you almost every day mm-hmm. which is just really impressive thank you right yeah yeah so i wonder about that right like how do you maintain that that consistency uh well yeah it, it helps that i'm ocd so <laughs> i'm uh, i'm routine obsessed and I, i'd say it's yeah it's just the sort of the routine that uh, uh that i've fallen into uh in the past uh, few years. That's interesting. So what's your, what's your routine? What's your writing routine? Cause I, I have one too, but I'd be interested to hear how yours well, works. Well, uh, my wife and I both work from home now. So um, these days, uh, back in the day it would consist of us getting up and me driving her to work and then coming home and setting up my laptop, either here at home or at cafe of choice. Usually I'd mix it up, you know, a few days a week. 
Um, these days, the only, yeah, the, the change is uh, we just get up, you know, I make breakfast and coffee and then get to work and I'll be in my office for the better part of the day. Uh, I'm able to take breaks. I put on music, um, you know, I'll even play something mindless in the background to, uh, so you, to you'll, you'll play music while you write. Oh yeah. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. I, oh, it, it, I it is a, yeah. It, every, everyone's brain's kind of unique that way. It's like, uh, yeah. you either need to, you either need total quiet, no, no outside stimulation or you need something white noise like to, yeah, I, I can write in a cafe, yeah. but I can't, but I can't write if there's like some kind of beat, some kind of music going on. I've heard that if you get really accustomed, like if you play like the same song over and over and over again, or the same album over and over and over again, then it will, it, it can change into something that you can become very accustomed to. But for me, I kind of, part of me is like, I want to listen to new music. I want to listen to stuff that I haven't heard before. And, and that does mess with my brain and, and it, it takes me off my game. Um, I definitely can't listen to like, you know, anything, any talking or anything. It's got to be for me, it's got to be silence or, or white noise. Yeah. And I, I, I found I definitely benefit from uh, just like one other noise source in the room. And that helps. Uh, yeah. That, that keeps the background noise in my head <laughs> occupied. So yeah, then I can just work. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's just uh, it's a matter of uh, like structure and having a routine that, that works and, it gives you pleasure because um, yeah, I, I love uh, I love my current office setup and uh, and and how that works and and yeah, with uh, a little tunes on the. In fact, actually, yeah, I'd, I'd often have music playing uh, in my headphones uh, at a at a, a cafe or whatever, so that because yes, the noise of the other people wasn't always uh, uh, helpful. It you know it could get too loud, it could get too involved and or disruptive, and yeah, if there was a band playing, I, w- I would say that was that was definitely not helpful. <laughs> so yeah, just you wouldn't, you wouldn't like try to write in a during a rock yeah, concert. Exactly. That, yeah, exactly. That yeah, that does yeah. that doesn't work. Um, yeah, so having earbuds in and, and music playing was very good because it's like oh yeah, familiar tunes, my my playlist, and yeah, and I, I definitely say I, I listen to the same songs day after day. I mean. Uh, I've, I've, built, I've built up a pretty large playlist of music, but there are definitely repeats. Yeah, that's probably the yeah. way. Yeah, I might give that a shot sometime. I mean, like for me, I, you know, I, same thing. I think this is important. Like, I think anyone who's listening to this and wants to work on something that's a creative process, you have to put in every single trigger, every habit trigger that you can think of to get you into that place. So for me, I get up in the morning my wife is still asleep. I make my coffee. I grab my breakfast. I sit down. I, the, you know, the, I do a couple of quick things and then I start doing my work. And my goal is to be, get the, the vast majority of it out before my wife even wakes up in mm-hmm. the morning. And then she comes out and we hang out. And then, and then it's, it's less structured at, at that point for a couple of hours and then I go back to to work. Then I go to my office, and then I work for the for the rest of the day in, in mm-hmm. my office. But it's that you know, there's first the coffee, then and the breakfast, and you go to this very specific seat, and you sit down in this seat, and you start around the same time, and you and you resist the urge to do any social media. You know, like I just I go straight into starting to figure out what stories we're working on for the day, and I try to get those just out the door before, you know, even before the you guys are probably mm-hmm. even up in the morning. 
and it and it's and it's key. Like I think for anyone who's doing this, like if there's anything you want to do that's creative, figure out a routine, figure out a trigger that says, I just drank my coffee. That means it's time to write um, and, and disobey it at your, at your own peril. So what are the, what are the stories that you are really interested? Like, like what are some aspirational stuff that you'd love to get a chance to work on? Uh, space elevator. Definitely. Um, uh, well, you know, just uh, that, that actually isn't a bad example there. Um, and anything having to do with just the, the big plans, right? I mean, SpaceX is a, is a constant source of, uh, of uh, fun just because, yeah, there you, there you have someone, Elon Musk, who dreams big and is working towards it. And it is really impressive how, you know, how much he's actually been able to do. Um, yeah, the Space Elevator Consortium, uh, talking to them in recent years and how, how close they're getting to actually being able to produce graphene ribbons that have the strength to hold an elevator. And mm -hmm. I, learning that, I just thought, oh, my God, I thought this was uh, pretty much uh, one of those ideas that, well, maybe someday, but then, to, yeah. Oh, so you should, have you, are you working on that? I, I didn't even know that they got into graphene ribbons that were that. So yeah, well. <laughs> approved write that story oh, man well Let's okay see i can show it actually i wrote it a little while back for interesting engineering but um oh, okay okay all right well then you you did it for someone else so it's no problem they but. they first approached well they actually approached me because they saw me write a a story on space elevators in general and they felt that i kind of i kind of quit at 2016 um because that that was well the information was relevant to that point and they said oh but in the last five years we've done so much you need to you need to hear this and we need to mm. so then i, t I talked to them and it was like yeah manchester university the research they're doing and investigating graphene as as the uh the miracle material um but no i'd love to do another story about that and get these guys in again because yeah that's that's not going anywhere <laughs> then is but definitely yeah so i mean but is there something like a style of writing or like a is there is there something that you would want to try and tackle in the future? I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's tough, right? Because I like, I think you more than almost anybody on the team, you have written, like many people keep saying like, I'd, I'd like to write a book. Or, like when I'm interviewing, they're like, I'd like to write a book. Well, you've written 12 books. Um, I'd like to, you know, I'd like to do long form pieces while you, your bread and butter is long form pieces. So uh, you know, I, and then and then you get a chance. I mean, you literally can talk to any astronaut, any astronomer, any space scientist, any mechanical engineer, anyone at NASA, anyone like you could talk to anybody you want. All of these people are, and and you have in the past before your thing. So it's so it's kind of tough. I'm wondering, like, actually, you know, what we should talk about is you're working on a podcast, and I guess that is the next. That's your next great adventure is a way to take this into audio. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's exactly uh, why well, I, I was going to say, I, I would very much like to do what, uh, and I told her this yesterday, what Nancy has done about, you know, getting, getting the stories, talking about the real life stuff, right? Because uh, in a book form, right? And, and really get a chance to, to dig in and talk to the people um, like one-on-one -on -one and then, and then put that out there and it's like, and this is the nonfiction I, I write the fiction stuff there and it's inspired by this, but here's what's actually going on here. Um, there's that. Uh, but yeah, podcasting was something I decided I wanted to do earlier this year. And uh, yeah, it, it uh, once again, it, it came together. I was very fortunate to meet the right people. So, 
I mean, there, there was you in 2010, <laughs> a few contacts I made since then. And then, yeah, earlier this year, there was, uh, the folks at uh, ITSP magazine, we were talking about other things and then they, they were like, oh, you do stuff about space and astronomy. How'd you like to do that here? <laughs> yeah. And I said, sure, let me get my, let, let me get my audio recordings. Yeah. So, <laughs> see if they're transferable. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting. And, and, the, and yet it works as the research for a book at the same time, which is kind of, kind of cool. You're sort of doing the interviews in public and then recording the stuff. And then you can then turn that into some kind of, of material after the fact, which I think is a very creative, it's a very clever way to pull that, that material together. Um, well, uh, Matt, uh, thank you so much for taking the time to, to chat with me today. If people want to follow your work or just follow you, what's the best way to do that? Uh, well, I have a, a website, uh, storiesbywilliams.com, and that I, I'm, I will post whatever I'm working on, usually usually creative stuff uh, there, but it's a good way to find uh, you know links to other things. And uh, yeah, I'd say come by Universe today. Um, you'll see my name on some of the uh, uh, the articles there, but uh, you know, don't just read those. Stick around. There's there's a lot of exciting stuff. A lot of very good people here. Um, I am with Interesting Engineering, and that that is specifically for long form articles. They're all I have never written something short for them, and I. Well, yeah, that's that's not what they hired me to do. They said that, you know, we, we want you to write evergreen content, stuff that that is that holds up over time, right? And so it's general, yeah. Um, and yeah, uh, if they're interested, uh, story um, stories from space at ITSB Magazine. Uh, it just launched. Uh, the first episode went up last week, and more to follow. Yeah, and it the yeah yeah the subject of that was uh, Artemis and going back to the moon and. Like uh, one of the biggest questions that I've tried to write about is a lot in the last few years was why was there that that 50 year gap, right? Because I heard a lot of people ask that question. And uh, so I wanted to do that as the first one. And then uh, in the coming weeks, there will be interviews with Sonny White, Nancy Atkinson, uh, Robin Hansen, the guy who the great filter hypothesis. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Grabby aliens and, and the great filter. Yeah. Yeah. I interviewed him. He's a, yeah, he's a, he's an interesting guy. His, his mind goes a lot of yeah. very, very interesting places. Yeah. That's great. Somewhat scary places too, that, uh, which, which, which could be good for us. We may need to be a little scared when we're talking about aliens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. At various existential risks. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, uh, and we'll, I'm sure we'll have a link to the to the podcast, but and we'll be promoting your podcast more just in university across the board. So so everyone stay tuned for for that as yeah, as we get there with uh, as as Matt gets more episodes out the door. But uh, but again, Matt, thank you so much for all the writing you've done with University Today for all these years. And uh, here's to many more. Well, thank you. And you mean you you always told me, you know, don't wait to be discovered. <laughs> but, uh, you know. Ironically enough, you were you were the guy who discovered me. You know, <laughs> you opened the door. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You keep you keep uh, hitting me with that uh, with that quote. I love it. Yeah, yeah, that advice. There you go. Yeah, don't wait to be discovered. Discover yourself. And yeah. I think you are the you are Best the advice. person who is yeah who has taken that to the uh, to the nth degree. So right on, man. All right, thanks again, and uh, and get back to work. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. See you on the other side. <laughs> I 
I hope you enjoyed this interview. One of the cool things about Universe Today is that we are a completely independent space news organization. And we do that through the support of our patrons. You can join that community. Go to patreon.com slash universe today. That allows us to have no ads in our podcast for anybody. No ads in our email newsletter. And if you join the Patreon, we'll remove all the ads from our videos, from the website, and you can know that you are helping to create fantastic, independent space news for the world.